Welcome back. So glad you joined us for today, day four of week two of hearing through the word with uh, New Life Baptist Fellowship. We're actually hearing through the New Testament, and today that hearing or uh, that reading time, our, our schedule, is going to bring us to Luke 3. And we're going to be hearing Luke's account, and we've got to kind of remember, too, that Dr. Luke, and he's going to be very detailed and some of the things that we can refresh our memory about kind of to help us understand the text today. But we're going to be using the acronym of here, highlight, explain, examine, either one you want to say, apply and respond to kind of walk us through a time with the Lord. And it's it's one of those things that, that I, I want to reinforce too that um, I'm just sharing with y'all what the Lord brings to my attention. Um, and in your time, if the Lord has, has or brings something different, highlights something different, um, I just encourage you to uh, use Scripture to interpret Scripture and let context uh, help you understand content and just allow the Lord to teach you through His Word. And so I've got a good study Bible right here in front of me, and I'm going to be using the HEAR acronym of Highlight, Examine, Apply, Respond. And we're going to start first by just reading the Scripture. And we, you know, we start there, and then as we go, we're going to highlight things that stick out to us. And I'm just going to make note, I'm going to mention as I read what sticks out to me. And so you're familiar with this. Uh, if you have been following along with us as we've done this, I'm so sorry to be redundant, but I just want to make sure everybody that listens to this understands kind of what we're doing and how we're using the HEAR method to, uh, to study Scripture. We're going to be starting in Luke chapter 3, verse 1, and we're going to be reading through the whole chapter. Now, it says this, In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being a governor of Judea, and Herod the king, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Etureia and Tetronitus, please excuse me for butchering these words, and, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during high priesthood of Annas, Annas and Cephas, Cephas, Caiaphas, Cephas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming baptism, baptism in the repentance for forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the word of Isaiah the prophet. The one, uh, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. And every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all the flesh to all and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. There or he said therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath of, uh, uh, flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. I'm going to highlight verse 8 real quick. Even now, as the axe is laid to the root of the tree, every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, Then what shall we do? And he answered, Answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also come and be baptized and said to them, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. The soldiers that asked him, And what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money or, or from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be content with your wages. And I'm going to go ahead and highlight that too. 
that's that's a very very interesting passage that, that I want to come back to and there's a lot to highlight here so I'm going to highlight the back end of verse 11 12 13 uh, and 14 and we'll come back to that verse 15 picking up there as the people were in expectation and all the questioning uh, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ John answered them all saying I baptize with water but he is he who is mightier is coming and the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire his winnowing fork in his hand to be clear uh, to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but the chaff will be burned into an unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he preached the good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that he had done. Now, I'm going to highlight that too, verse 19, because that's, that's interesting right there, the way the ESV puts it. Verse 20, he says, added, to them, uh, th- added this to them all, that he looked up, or he locked up John in prison. Now, when the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and, and was praying, the heavens op- were opened and the Holy Spirit descended like him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven. You are my son, beloved son. and With you, I am well pleased. And then the genealogy of Jesus comes. And this is where I think it's going to be a little tricky. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out verse 23. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 33 years of age being the son of, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli. And so the genealogy works from Joseph all the way to Adam, the son of God. So it starts, and Luke works backwards, so he starts with Joseph. He starts with Jesus, goes to Joseph, and then he works all the way backwards to Adam. And so that's important. Now, uh, I, I, I have a hard time pronouncing these uh, genealogies, and these names and all of this, and, and there's a lot of um, important names here, and, and I want you, I want to spare you the, I guess, the pain of, of me fumbling through these names, but um, we see a lot that, even in just this short passage that I've highlighted, and, and I don't want to kind of gloss over it, um, and so now that we've highlighted what stuck out to us, and even with us, you know, please go through and read the genealogy because it does um, can make a lot of connections for you um, as we look through it and we see, you know, this, verse 29, the son of Joshua, Eleazar, um, Jehoram, and, and Mathat. See, I'm already kind of butchering them. Uh, if I know pronunciation is not important, but um, I just want to spare you guys my fumbling of all these names. But there's, there's such an importance, and see, Luke does it backwards, and we're kind of working through the examining backwards here as well. We're going to talk about the genealogy here, because it's, it's the last thing that we came to. But Luke starts backwards, he starts with Jesus, and he goes to Joseph, and he takes it. He doesn't stop with Abraham. He goes from Abraham all the way to Adam to kind of connect and make all of those connections, which I thought was very, very interesting. And so it's a different uh, take on the genealogy from Matthew 1, uh, 2 through 17, and this is what the footnotes, you know, make mention of that rather than going back to Adam or Abraham, he goes all the way back to um, Adam. Um, here's the thing, though. Both of these genealogies here may be a little different. And, and from what I'm reading in my notes, 
there are some scholars that say that this may be Joseph's lineage, family line, and the other may be a lot of different things. But what both genealogies do is they make a very important prophetic tie, and that is the prophetic tie with Jesus to the house of David, to the lineage of David. And so uh, even... (laughs) Even in all the hard-to-pronounce names, we see that Jesus is of the bloodline of David and, and also is of the bloodline of Adam. He's, he is the second Adam, as Scripture tells us. And so that, that's interesting. That's the, uh, a good nugget that we can pull out from, from examining the Scripture, that Jesus is of, of the bloodline of David, of Abraham, and also Adam. As we, I'm going to jump back to the front of the uh, uh, passage of chapter 3 and kind of look and talk about um, the things that stood out to me again. Of course, we have the, pro- you know, Luke is emphasizing the prophecy from Isaiah once again, as we've seen in the days past. And then also, uh, Luke does concentrate on 3.8. And I think it's interesting because he says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able to raise these stones up. And the children uh, for Abraham, and that once again goes back to the truth. the 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 nugget that we get right here is that um, our repentance, our following of Christ, can can be found in no one else but Christ and Christ alone. And our repentance has to be a personal repentance, not our grandmother or grandfather or we we aren't saved because our great grandfather was uh was a deacon in a church you know way back in the 50s or 60s or or 70s um we are saved in Christ and in Christ alone and and through the repentance um and confession and and uh repentance of our sins and placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in his death in his burial and his resurrection we are not to lean on the 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 people who believe before us, and and I'm saying this. Please don't take this personally, because I am very well sure that your grandparents, your mom, your dad, hey, they could have been very great people, but their faith in Christ will not save you. And if you have a relationship with Christ, that that phrase bear fruit, bearing fruit, we know. We look at, you know, I know, and I've shared this so many times, but but bearing fruit that is comparable or, or that is keeping with repentance, meaning that if we say we have followed Christ and we have repented of our sin, there should be proof of that change in our lives. And it, that is the an indicator that Christ has changed our lives, that we are saved so that's an important thing right there that's a nugget that we can grab a hold of and and i i found it very interesting here and and later on uh kind of the tail end of verse 11 12 13 and 14 whoever has two tunics is to share is to share with him one who has none and whoever has food is to do likewise tax collectors and 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 let me uh, let me back up and just focus on the back end of 11 this is not a verse that is advocating for socialism um, and being very clear. And, and immediately we're like, you know, we want to associate this phrasing with a political uh, ideology or a movement. What Christ is saying is that if you have an abundance and someone in your life has a need, 
you are placed in their life to help out with the need out of your abundance. And he uses a tunic to, to do that example. If I've got two coats and the, my brother beside me is freezing his petonkis off and I have two coats with me, I need to give him a coat so he can be warm. If I have plenty to eat on my table and, and I see that a friend or a neighbor is struggling to eat, to have food, to feed his kids, I need to help my neighbor out. And in that, we, we earn the right to be heard. We share the love of Christ, and we earn the right to share the gospel and, and, and show and live out the gospel to those that may not know him, that may not know Christ. Verse 12, he goes on, and he says to the tax collectors that came to be baptized, and he said to them, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Now, he didn't look at the tax collectors and say, You need to go quit your job because what you're doing is, 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 a, is a jerk position, and, and it's, it's disrespectful and not honoring, honoring to God. No, he said, Do what you are authorized to do, what you have been told to do by the authorities above you, and and do no more. Collect no more taxes. Because the tax collectors were synonymous with getting rich. They were handed down orders by the, the authorities above them. And, you know, they were told, hey, you've got to collect $5 from each person. Well, the tax collector would take and they would collect $20 from each person and, and pocket the 15 and give the 5 back to back to Rome or whoever it was. And so tax collectors had a reputation of being what we would kind of, you know, they were dishonest. I'll leave it at that. Then he goes on and he says to the soldier. Also, a soldier asked him and said, what shall we do? Uh, and he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be content with your wages. Notice that he didn't say lay down your sword and walk away from being a soldier. He just said do it honestly and do it to honor the Lord, essentially. That's a good nugget that we can pull pull out. That that's uh you know we're examining, but we've got a, you know you know that that's validating uh First Corinthians ten I think it's ten thirty one. Whatever you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. And so there's you know John's saying to these people that are coming to be baptized, hey, what what do we do with with this job or that job or the other job? And he's saying, do it to honor the Lord. Good point right there, right? So we go on, and the next thing that stuck out to me is verse 16. John answered them all, saying, I baptize with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, and the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will, bab will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, once again, we look at that, and I think, you know, we, we kind of, I'm looking down through my um, notes, and I'm not seeing anything. And so, once again, we kind of come to a, a passage of Scripture that, that I know that, um, the baptism of the, whole, of the Holy Spirit, when we are saved, when we come to know Christ, He gives us the Holy Spirit, a comforter, to walk us through, to help sanctify us, to guide us through our walk with Christ. And that sets us apart. And so that, that's a good, you know, John is basically, once again, pointing us to Christ, pointing us to Christ, once again, preparing the way, preparing the way, preparing the way. Verse 19 is the next thing that kind of popped out at me. So, but Herod the Tetrarch, 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 who had been reproved by him who, for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that he had done. There's a lot written 
underneath this sentence. Now, I, I know, um, and we can look at verse 19 and 20, and we've got a, 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 a footnote here that helps us understand what's going on here. It says this, Herod Antipas divorced his wife and married his niece Herodias, who was married to his brother. And John denounced the scandalous deed. And so Herodias, or Herod, imprisoned him in a fortress um, east of the Dead Sea. And so John basically called a ruler out for his sin, and he didn't like it, and he had him imprisoned. And that's kind of what was going on here of a, of a, of a wrong relationship, an, uh, an illicit relationship, or whatever you want to call it. And so rather than repenting and saying that he was wrong, Herod decided to continue on in his sin, and he basically tried to shut John up by having him imprisoned. Some things never change, do they? Man, <laughs> the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. That's what the book of Hebrews says. And, and, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. The ta- tactic of, the, of, of evil, of Satan, is to shut the believers up when we speak the truth in the Word of God. And this is case in point right here with Herod. Then we look at verse 21 and 22, and we see, once again, Luke's account of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity being, being there at the baptism of Christ. And then we get on into the, the genealogy and from which we've talked about from Joseph to Adam. So the nuggets here, of course, reemphasizing the bare fruit and consistent with repentance. Um, and then also, you know, um, being on the lookout and, and living in, you know, realizing where the Lord has blessed us going back to the tunic lesson that is right here in Scripture, that if the Lord has given us two tunics and we see a neighbor or, or a fellow believer in need of that tunic, we need to give that tunic. But also, whatever we do, I don't know where you're listening to this at. You may be entering information at a doctor's office. You may be hopping in your truck from one construction site to the other. You may be riding a lawnmower cutting grass. I don't know what you're doing. You may be listening to this as your two-year-old is living, uh, losing his ever-loving mind at the house, and you're just trying to keep him, calm him down or whatever. But, but what, what is being said here to, these, to the tax collector and also to the Roman soldier? Man, like I said, 1 first, first Corinthians 10.31, whatever we eat, whatever we drink, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of the Lord. And that is... That is um, emphasized right here in 12 13 and 14 and then we look at it and we realize man we grab all this and we go lord you know thank you so much you know we we see the application and and now it comes to the time where we go we respond and so let's go to the lord in prayer and just and once again i want to say to you if the Lord is is driving you and grabbing you with something else that was outside of what was mentioned, I want to encourage you that that after I say amen and this this podcast is over with, spend some more time with the Lord and seeking and following those trails and seeing what He's teaching you. Lord, we thank you so much just for today. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your Word. And Lord, we... We just ask and we repent of, of where we failed you. And God, thank you so much for the reminder of in your word of everything that you've given us, everything, the truths that you've given us through 
Luke chapter 3 today. And Lord, help us bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Help us honor you in everything that we do with our job, with our with our caring for our kids, loving, you know, as a husband, loving my wife. And Lord, the wives that are listening to this, Lord, help them honor and love their husbands as you 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 have commanded us to both ways, Lord. Husbands and wives. Lord, we thank you just for this opportunity of, of looking at your word and seeing all of the truth just in this small passage of Scripture. And Lord, if there is someone in our lives where we need to share that tunic with, or Lord, we need to repent of maybe some some wrong handlings that aren't honoring to you at our job, and, and may, maybe, Lord, we need to focus more on honoring you with our with our employment and our jobs. Lord, help us do that, Lord. Help us marinate help us sit and understand and think about this passage of scripture all day long and use it to change us from the inside out and we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory and we ask this in jesus name amen